0: Welcome back to the SC Halfback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Nemofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. Today, an interesting one. Quick, short, and sweet. I want to talk about something that has come up. uh, I've been asked a few times, and one thing that I really, you know, I think it's a conversation for experienced drafters. I think it's also a really good conversation for anyone new to the draft format this year, but what what do you want to get out of your first round pick? So what I mean by that is, wherever you are, if you're at, let's say you're in a 12 man league from pick one to pick 12, what are you looking for in terms of the draft value? Who are you looking at in position? Is is your draft position factoring who you're even thinking about, you know, society and taking in that position? Uh, obviously get to the socials at the SE halfback. I have got the new big board out now, version eight. Uh, and the big one is Dylan Brown is up to number four. Uh, obviously did a podcast couple of days ago, the Dylan Brown show 2024. I just think that Dylan Brown's going to have a monster of a season, but it got me thinking after a couple of questions about what are we looking for? Because traditionally, and most people will tell you, you need to win a comp with your player. And absolutely true. I've stressed for three years now doing this podcast, the first three rounds of your draft, you, you could whip the rest of the draft. As long as you nail your top three, you're in with a chance. Um, and so that means obviously you want someone that can help you win a comp, but there's quite a few things about winning the comp and there's different ways it can be done. So I just want to kind of go through them quickly. Obviously got lots of podcasts and previews to come during the off season, but it's just a good little thought bubble here while we're here, um, start of November. So who can win your comp? So I've got three categories for type of players that can win your comp. First of all, let's start nice and easy. The guy with the upside, the guy with the absolute ceiling. So to me, that would be your Nico Hines, your Tom Travojeviches, your Kalen Pongers, your Reese Walsh. Those are the type of guys there where the absolute ceiling, there's a 180 in there potentially. And I think you always want to draft those guys. And, you know, there might be a couple of down games in there but essentially the, the, that high score is going to carry that really high average, 80-plus, and in most weeks we will get you the win. That's obviously number one. Number two is base stat. Who's a guy that every week you know you're know you going to punch out a 70? Oh, I've got Dylan Brownlee in this group. I've got Tino and Dave Fafida in this group. And I've got James Sadesco and Harry Green in this group. So those are guys where you kind of know most weeks you're going to look at a 65 to 75. Throw in an attacking stat. You're probably looking at a 90, maybe 110 if they get a couple. And then worst, let's say, you know, they get pulled early. Nothing really gets attacking-wise going. You're looking at maybe a 40. So obviously not as high as the ceiling, guys, but probably a little bit more safer in terms of the week-to-week play. Um, But essentially, that's, that's what you're drafting. You're drafting for a guy to, in most weeks, you'll chuck the VC on someone with a very high upside. If he goes big, you'll take that VC. If you don't, or if it's the, your opponent goes small, slap it on a guy that's going to get you a 70. You know what you're going to get. The third one, which is a bit of a blend of both, is someone who is going to be available. And like I said to you a couple of podcasts ago, and like my posts have been showing on the socials, I'm all about this year, total points, points scored in a season. Average, of course. I want to get a nice high average. But I want a guy who's going to be there for 24 weeks, getting a nice score, and at the end of the season, he's a top 20 overall point scorer. Again, you've got guys like, you know, a Nathan Cleary. He'll only miss a couple of games of origin, you would think. Nico Hines, potentially the same thing. Dylan Brown, obviously Kiwi, not playing any origins. Those are the top guys there. Scott Drinkwater is a great one. Probably not going to play rep. we Will play most games this year. So those are the three. So obviously most guys in the one to five, one to six, every year since we've been doing draft these last four or five years, it's that top six. If you get a top six pick, you want one of those guys that can go nuclear, big ceiling. So in the past, you know, previous years, it's been Cook, it's been Teddy, Munster has been there for a minute, Travoyevich, Cleary, Hines the last couple of years. Those are the guys where if you get a top six pick, Even though you may not love it, you're still going to take it because the chance of going up against that guy in round two, having the C on him and you're getting bent over because the guy's got a 380 on you and your captain can only go a 180. So I totally get that. Seven to 12 is where you can start taking some risks. So a couple of guys in our league, give me the base, give me a 2RF, you know, in the past it's an Angus Crichton, it's a day for feeder, it's a Care Murray. You look at guys in previous years, you know, Adam Dewey was picked last year, Jerome Hughes, Scott Drinkwater, those type of guys, and obviously Harry Grant, Damian Cook, that hook position, grab one of the early two. Good is the draft. What about by position? Can you look at a position group and just say, I need to get one of the top guys in this draft group? I think it's valid. You know, I look at 5-8 this year. I think it's a clear three, uh, but to me, Dylan Brown's on his own little tier, then Munster and Cody Walker are just under it. Hooker, same thing. Harry Grant is clear. JMK, Damian Cook, just a bit under. So, you know, like Dylan Brown. Let's say I, me personally, Cleary, Heinz and Turbo, that's the top three. I think that's its own little group. Honger, absolutely could be there, but I just want to see another year of it, even though he's had very good years, Ponger. just Something tells me that He will be drafted very high this year, and it's probably not going to be by me. Dylan Brown is a guy, like I said, will be there every week, no origin, bit of an iron man, great defensively, got a very good floor. The thing about Dylan Brown last year, lower score of a 40. I love that. You can go in every week knowing, okay, I know what this guy's going to give me at a minimum. You can kind of plan your your week and your lineups around certain players and go, I know what my good players are going to get me. I love that. That's the same as Tino. You know when you get with Tino. So Dylan Brown at 5'8", if you just want to go grab the first 5'8", and, you know, oh, but he doesn't have the huge ceiling. I wouldn't say Cameron Munson's had the huge ceiling in the last three years, but every year, average drive position, three, four, five in that range. Um, you know, oh, he's the best 5'8", got to grab him. Okay, Dylan Brown's going to be the best five eight this year. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be the best five eight. Go grab him. Harry Green, I had him the first big board overall ranking. I think he was in maybe 19, 20 in that range. He's up to twelve now because you look at the you look at the stats. Yes, you're going to get a thirty-five in there, but he's now developed a ceiling in there as well. And there's many scores where you know he's going to base out of that forty-five. You get him a couple of attacking stats, which Harry Grant's going to get you. All of a sudden, you're looking around that seventy mark. So if you want to go grab that best hooker, go grab him. In a world where I could see potentially in some leagues where some guys are getting slept on, especially let's say in a ten-man league. Harrow Graham pick nine, Dylan Brown pick eleven, something in that range. It's doable, you know what I mean? Like Dylan Brown, there will not be many leagues at all that will have Dylan Brown going fourth. I would say less than five percent of all draft leagues will have Dylan Brown going fourth overall. To me, like I did the why I've got the mock draft because I did it last year personally. It worked really well for me in my draft. I'm publishing it now. If I've got a fourth overall pick on Dylan Brown as a grade, and he drops to pick twelve, and I'm on the turn. I'm getting a top four pick at the turn and I can go grab him with someone who, you know, uh, these other guys that were picked ahead of him, who I had lower, you just knock it off. If you're in the third round and there's a guy still with a second round grade, you go grab him. You know, that was my Payne Haas pick last year. Last year, I had him as a second round pick. It was the fifth round and Payne Haas is still there. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll get in the fifth round, a second round value. That's what I'm trying to work out with this mock draft is, yeah, potentially Dylan Brown isn't the fourth best option in terms of the ceiling in Supercoach. But he's not going to lose you a league. If you pick Dylan Brown in the first round, you're not going to lose your league because of him. You're going to be with a very good shot. And potentially now you've locked up 5-8. Now, I'm just telling you right now, guys, 5-8 is going to be the trade request this year. You're going to be sending around 5-8 because you're going to have guys basically from the fourth one down who are not going to be 100% over the moon with their 5-8 selection. The Munster the Dylan Brown and the Cleary and the Cody Walker owner are going to hold a bit of a lottery ticket this year. If you think that you can sell hard and get someone like a Tom Deedon and a really nice CTW or two RF up to you now, but you're in the position to you hold the decision that you, you hold the D so yeah, plenty of ways to do it. You know, captaincy. Absolutely. If you're in a captain's league, you want the guy that can go nuclear, but you could also go the other way. So I look at the big board. Let's now take Dylan Brown in the first. Let's just go through and say that everyone in this gets picks right. So I'll go Dylan Brown in the first round. Let's say I go a Payne Haas in the second. I'll go a Greg Marzu in the third. I'll go Damian Cook in the fourth. I'll go... Let's go someone a bit high upside here. We'll go Herbie Farnworth in the fifth. And Selwyn Cover in the sixth. There's plenty of vice captain options. You don't have to run with Dylan Brown, as you'll see every week. You can go in there and go, okay, who's the is Payne hart got a really easy matchup? No? Okay. But Greg Marziu, Greg Marziu is versing the Tigers this week. Great VC matchup. Okay. Damian Cook is versing the Bulldogs this week. Great. Herbie Farnworth is versing the Dragons this week. Great. So, yeah, absolutely. You want your captain to be, obviously, I was a bit, uh, I was in a very nice position last year where I had. Uh, the C on Nico Hines most weeks and the VC on David Fita. If that works that if that works out for you, fantastic. But there'll be plenty of weeks you can captain Dylan Brown. Like I'm telling you, he's gonna be the lead playmaker of this Pramad team. That floor is gonna be there. He will be a great captaincy option in most weeks. But you draft your third and fourth CTWs to have upside. You know, Mikhail Rawalawa, someone I'm thinking about. Dream Puller on a great matchup, fantastic. Some of these edge-back rollers, you look at Bo Firmwell, potentially, if he has a nice matchup at some stage. There's plenty of guys. If you can get your VC loop correct and start it off early, you don't need to nail that absolute god. Because think about it. Let's say even that Dylan Brown is fifth on my list, and you've got Cleary, Hines, Trevojevic, and Ponga in the top four. Okay, tell me who the next guy is that's got a great ceiling. Reese Walsh has to do a lot of work for his 130. A lot of work. Scott Drinkwater. Has still a lot of work for his 130. Latrell Mitchell, when he's on the field, comes a bit easy. But again, is he on the field? James Sersko, I think he's shown you the last couple of years that it takes a lot for him to get to 130. Harry Graham, we know it takes one of his best games to get to 130. Dave Fafita, even with his great upside, 130 is a bit of a struggle. Tino, has he even hit that? So now you're looking at a guy like Dylan Brown and go, okay, he averages a 70, 74 basically in the last two years. So we base that. Let's say we get a couple of attacking stats and he even knocks over a try. That's a 120. There's really, when you look at it in the first round, there's four guys that can go nuclear decently easy. I'll call it decently easy. And even Ponga. Ponga needs to work a fair, a fair bit for his points. So at the end of the day, you take out the top three, Clary, behind Shirovich. It's all about, of course, a guy who walks in there and has three try assists and all these different stats is going to score well. Who's the guy that's going to be there every week? Who's the guy that's going to be basing really well for you and going to be in a good super coach attacking team? That's where we get to Dylan Brown number four. There's plenty of ways of drafting the first round. Like I said, it's for position, hooker 5'8". You know, it could be for just stability, Tino, uh, for feeder, Dylan Brown, or it could be mega upside, Ponga, Walsh, Drinkwater, Latrell, Hines, Cleary, Turbo. It's very, very exciting. I love the draft, obviously. Uh, dabbled a bit in the Classic over the last couple of years. One really good year, two okay years. Last year was a bit of a have to work ourselves back. But draft is where I live. Three prelims in a row, a grand final win, grand final loss. And I just wanted, like I said, this big board helped me. If it helps you guys, again, we'll have the XL up once we kind of get a bit more mature. I think probably into the new year uh, is when we'll start really getting into it. But just week by week, you can kind of see... Every time I post a new one, there's a new stat I've seen or I've really deep-dived a new player and gone, like, okay, yeah, that's what it is. A position group, a new signing, just really helps you kind of get through the season. And as you kind of th- keep thinking, and I've been on high until the I think the lowest I've had him, if I, let me go back, I think it was ninth, but let's just check that because it just kind of, it's a good little check to go, okay, am I am I feeling the same things here for these guys? And yeah, so here we go. He was number 11 on the very first one, so he has not dropped outside of the top 11, and he's now as high as fourth. And it kind of shows you that, you know, where I think they'll go in the draft. And again, if I'm pick eight, and he somehow falls to the eight, is, that is really a steal. And we'll put out some not nice player cards soon, and they'll have what I think their maximum highest position can go. So, for example, Dylan Brown, I think the highest he can go is fourth. I think it'd be pretty crazy drafting him top three maybe if you're thinking a bit over turbo because you're just over turbo's history i can't see him definitely going over Cleary and high so let's say the highest he can get to is three the lowest there's no way he drops out of the, out of the first round so lowest is 12 that's that's what we'll kind of do then i will kind of help you shape and go okay is what i'm thinking is my gut check about these players you know is there someone else that thinks that and i'm obviously not the end all be all but at least it's another sound ball for you to go oh, I didn't think Dylan Brown. Let me have a look at the stats. Oh, yeah, you know what? Those stats are appealing at 5-8. Yeah, you're right. It's passed. Let me go grab someone in there. So that that's what we're going to do. We'll have those play cards. Like I said, got to get a couple more versions in, get a bit more mature. Like I said, we're up to week eight now. Um, And it's been a very fun thing. We've got the position rankings now. Uh, fullback was again there today. So plenty of content, guys. But again, the first round is critical. No doubt about it. You don't want to whiff. You don't want to... Um, get to your finals and that guy's not performing for you, not even on your team. Uh, But injuries can happen. Suspensions can happen. You just got to have a look and go, okay, who do I think can be on my team all season and put in good shifts for me? And to me, the guy leading that charge is Dylan Brown. So that's why I'm a bit higher on his uh, bandwagon there. But we'll leave it there. Plenty more. We'll do more rounds if you want to look at some more second and third round things. If you want to look at more first round different way. Let me know, reach out at the SC Heartback. Thanks for listening, guys. Be back again in two days with another potty. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.